0: News, views, ideas and hard truths. You're listening to the Insights Cairns podcast. Well, let's welcome and thank you for your company to Insights Cairns this afternoon. We're very privileged to have a lady with us today that we're going to be talking about the episodes of December 16 and 17. And welcome Division 8 Councillor from Cairns Regional Council, Rhonda Coughlin, Hello. nice to see you.
1: Hi, and thanks very much for having me here.
0: No, this, is, this is fascinating material for us because your electorate, and I'll just run through, is Barron, Holloway's Beach, Masons Beach, Smithfield, Yorkies Knob and Trinity Park. That's right. Those names were national news for many days.
1: They were. I think it put us on the map.
0: <laughs> for, for the wrong reason, of course. For the wrong reason. So just just on your divisions, how many ratepayers in Division 8?
1: There's about 14,000 people. So I think that that would possibly mean about 6,000 rated homes.
0: Machen's Beach,
1: one of Cairns' oldest suburbs? Yes, probably is the oldest suburb.
0: Demographic-wise now?
1: There's a bit of a mix because there's people of have come on in in later years and built nice houses on the foreshore etc but there's definitely a lot lot of local legends still there
0: you're probably responsible for some of those upgrades along the 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 foreshore of matrons the rock walls and new bridges and so forth and we'll probably touch on the infrastructure post tc jasper it's probably a name that'll never be forgotten
1: I don't think it will be forgotten and it will certainly change the way Cairns Regional Council does disaster planning because we haven't had a disaster like this and um, to a lot, to a great extent you're dealing with the unknown. But the fact that we have mapping now of the houses that were flooded, we, we know which houses and which streets were affected, that's information that we didn't have before. We just had the standard map Mapping that you could get mm, online mm. about floods.
0: Let's go back to say four to five days before mm-hmm. TC Jasper uh, made its presence known. The bomb did a pretty good job in tracking it from uh, the far east of the Coral Sea, Rhonda. So, and your. Uh, you're on two committees. You're Deputy Chair of...
1: The LDMG, the Local Disaster Management Group.
0: So once it appeared on the radar and the bomb was saying, and they had a bit of tracking of Jasper, Mm -hmm. once they named it, of course, because the media seemed to name it before the bomb does, Mm -hmm. which can be pretty annoying, and it was starting to move north-northwest. Let's put it that way. So the tracking modules were directly passing over Woodjill woodjil and for our listeners, that's between... Port Douglas, oh sorry, um, Mossman and Cooktown, which is an Aboriginal community. So we weren't, we probably weren't, Cairns itself was probably not on high alert at that stage, more so Douglas Shire. So just take us back to that point.
1: We were on high alert for several hours and then it kind of picked up north and it looked like it was going to be between Cairns and Port Douglas for a little mm, while. It did, yes. It kicked north and once we were feeling a little bit more secure when it was north of Port Douglas, um, but we were still on alert and then we stood up and we were at the disaster centre and we were taking calls and managing that situation.
0: So... Uh, actually, just to put it into perspective, distance-wise, uh, it was a Category 3 as it came over the Great Barrier Reef. Uh, car- sorry, Category 2, but it actually picked up strength because once you cross the reef, you're in shallower water and it's a, it's a lot warmer. So from Cairns to Port Douglas, 60 kilometres. yes. From Port Douglas to the Daintree is another 60-odd kilometres, I think. Yes. And then from Daintree to Cooktown is probably about 80 kilometres. Mm-hmm. So they're not big distances. And this the width on this cyclone was probably about 350 kilometres.
1: It was. And you just can't relax because we've seen them before. We saw with Debbie it was headed for Cairns and yes. did a little kick south. Like you just don't know right up until the last minute where it's going to cross.
0: So we had the crossing, Mm -hmm. uh, which Cairns was rather uneventful in the, say, from the CBD West. It was like a, and and we didn't lose power where I am at Earlville. We we were quite lucky. The suburbs did drop out. When did you start noticing? This is the cyclone itself.
1: This is the cyclone itself. Before
0: it's actually crossed. And I want to make, I want to ask you a question about when a cyclone crosses and the BOC start to say ex-tropical cyclone,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that cyclone still had a brain. It did. Is it too quick for the bomb to say we have an ex-tropical cyclone when they knew it was tracking west into the Gulf and, as we know, it stopped where it did and didn't move... Now that gap between the east coast of Australia and the West and the east coast of the gulf is not a big stretch.
1: It isn't a big stretch, but I think it's to do with the barometer readings. Of it's course. not anything to do with time it, or crossing the coast. It does lose its strength. It does.
0: But in this case it didn't.
1: And it would have reformed. There's I think it might be for 48 hours it can yeah. reform and yeah. it's still the same cyclone.
0: Well, that's what they were saying. Yeah. And it just caught them by surprise. So, okay, so we've had the, the uh, 14th of December. Jasper's uh, tracking west. It's not pens down for your department, of course, but you're still watching everything happening. Uh, probably, probably minimal damage in terms of trees and branches and so forth in your electorate.
1: It was, at that point, normal wet season. Yeah. You know, it's something that we prepare for. We were ready. We dodged a bullet because it did go north. At that point, yeah. At that point. We actually stood down the LDMG and stayed on alert and all went home Friday night. Um, Saturday was fairly uneventful, but it Mm. started to rain.
0: Yeah.
1: And over Saturday night, I think you remember, it got very, very heavy.
0: Absolutely. So when did your phone start beeping?
1: Early hours in the morning, I got a call from the CEO who said, Councillor, we need to go back in. So um, that was when we went back in and stood the LDMG back up and started the meetings every couple of hours with the core LDMG, which the LDMG, it's not council, it's led by council. So Mm -hmm. Terry James is the chair, I'm the deputy chair. Then you have QPS, SES, Mm -hmm. the Port Authority, the airport, all of the major agencies, people, the bomb is a major one. Yes, yes. Um, They're all part of the LDMG. So every couple of hours we pull a meeting together. Yes. And it starts with a reading from the bomb. So they would have started early hours on that Sunday morning when it started looking serious.
0: And, of course, Council are sending out uh, your own text messages to to rate payers. Yes. And once you hear the, the media say, well, the airport's Cairns Airport is closed, you know we're in for trouble. That's it because that's yes. basically the last resort. Everything else is cut.
1: Yeah.
0: So, yeah. okay, so that's Monday morning and uh, if I, I Sunday recall... Sunday morning. I, uh, Sunday morning, sorry. Um, my pool went from um, half full to nearly a metre over, mm. like many <laughs> swimming pools. So we really knew this was trouble.
1: We did know this was trouble and we were watching the rain going, this has to be trouble. When we went back in, we had a meeting with the bomb first up and we were told it looked like it was going to be a 50-year event. So mm. out came the 50-year flood mapping. We knew there'd be some inundation and the beaches would be cut off, which is something that we're all used to. Yes. Um, and then between the meeting, which was at 7-something and a 10 o'clock meeting, we went back and we went from a 50-year flood to a 100-year flood. And you call that a QM1, do we call it a Q one hundred. Q, Q one hundred. Sorry, yeah. yeah, a one in a hundred, one percenter. So um, that was when we went, well,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we need help here, yeah. and we started talking to the Navy who were also in the room. Is is it? So, sorry, when... So, Cairns Regional Council make that call? Yeah. Well, no, the LDMG. The LDMG. All of of that group. That whole group, yeah. So, that's the police, the fireys, everybody. Um, And we report into the state emergency services, and they're on that call as well. So, the decision is made as a whole.
0: So, the images were were, were on our television sets uh, Sunday... By Sunday afternoon, we're watching uh, people pulling uh, cows up from the Barron River onto the highway and Mm -hmm. so forth. Uh, I've been a resident for 36 years. Rhonda, you've you've been here a long time. We've never seen these sort of things before.
1: No, we haven't seen these sort of things. And I lived at Yorkies for 25 years and I was... We used to get... When I first came there, about 36 years ago, we would be flooded in three or four times a year. But the road was built up. And now it doesn't happen every year,
0: yeah. but
1: you know I'd been evacuated a couple of times from Yorkies yeah. with Yasi. Yeah. We were evacuated to JCU, and that was an a tidal surge threat.
0: Well, that's a very good point, point. Mm. and I think we kind of missed that that yeah, there was a, a an unusually uh, an unusual king tide. Yes, of not three and a half to four meters, but. A bit more I think
1: it was around a three-and-a-half metre king tide. Originally, But yeah. what happens with a cyclone, not so much with the flood, is the pressure on the water makes it higher. Yes. So you That's can, you can add more to that. You can. But the king tide didn't come because we didn't cop the cyclone. We did get a little bit of a um, – yeah. sorry, the king tide did come. The surge didn't. Mm. We copped a little bit with the cyclone. But what happened with the floods is that when that flood happened, there was a, the top of one of the biggest tides of the year was coming at 1pm.
0: Incredible. Wh- so Machen's, uh then uh, Holloway's Beach, mm-hmm. uh, Yorkies Knob, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, older suburbs. Yes. And you are used to it. And then you've got Smithfield uh, and Trinity Park was just a little bit further north. Those, uh, there's one image that has really stood out, and we see it occasionally, is that yellow house. Yep. I think it's at Yorkers. You probably know the residence there.
1: It's at Holloway's.
0: Holloway's. How are they faring?
1: Look, they're okay, but what happened with this, that house, they got hit from behind and they had a burst water main from the front. Oh, goodness. So that was why that house just collapsed. And it was a relocated house. Right. So it was on steel structures, um, but it just kind of folded in the middle. Mm. So that was the poster house, if you like, for the event because it really did... But it it did get a double whammy, that one.
0: I think that's ingrained into us now. Mm. That image will be with us for a very long time indeed. Now, uh, of course, when I mentioned Barron, that's from uh, the Barron River Bridge on the Cook Highway. Yeah. But you go back to Lake Placid as well. And we are just talking earlier that when you cross the Caravonica Bridge and whether you're going north or mm -hmm. south and you look to the left or to the right, towards Lake Placid, it's uh, something undescri- undescribable, really. It's, it's hard to... If you knew it
1: before, it just... Beautiful
0: it's, part of our world. It
1: just does, isn't recognisable.
0: So, I, I guess a, a week earlier, you you would have been talking to your uh, rate payers about uh, bins and uh, trees and bad footpaths, just the normal things that a councillor would have...
1: Yep, trees and dogs. Are trees and dogs. Yep.
0: A week later, you're, you're helping people out of their homes That's and it. you're saying, well, what have we got? Yep. Can you describe to us, tell us about some of those experiences?
1: Look, I have to say, when I was in the disaster centre, And I couldn't get back home into my division for a a few days. And when I went down there early hours of Sunday, the water was lapping the road, not the bridge at that point. Mm. But once the bridge was over and Tomatoes Creek was over, I couldn't go home. So I was down there for about three or four days. And when... um, When I was down there, we're operating regular meetings, you know, we're speaking with state, we're speaking with all the authorities, we have IMT stood up, so we have 45 staff in the centre that are taking phone calls. Um, The calls for rescue go out to SES, to triage, like there's a whole lot going on and you're operating at a very high level and trying to stay away from the emotion. As soon as those roads opened up, and I could drive into Yorkie's Knob. There was a few people that I knew had flooded that I wanted to go and visit, people that I've known for 30 and 35 years. Our kids went to school together. I walked into one house, and I just burst into tears, and they were consoling me. I just could not believe it. I I went back to the Disaster Centre later that day, and I said, I left here operating at this level at very, very high and described a person and I said in the, my first house I went to this level and um, I went to Annette the next house and I said I have to leave now, I can't do this. I did go back a few days later and did that but it's just impossible to imagine and when it becomes personal yeah. is when it becomes real and to see your friends have all of their belongings out on the footpath and to have their deceased parents' belongings and their deceased son's belongings and everything they had to remember their family and to see it all on the footpath and their photos and it's just heartbreaking.
0: We're speaking with Division 8 Councillor Rhonda Cogland on Insights Cairns and the lead up to Tropical Cyclone Jasper back in December and, of course, the, the post-disaster that that hit uh, many parts of far north Queensland. Rhonda, you, a year ago you would have seen the, the major floods down in uh, New South Wales and Queensland and just that point you just made see people's possessions out on the, the path. Can, can you – it must have been uh, one of those – Moments when it was you're a part of that. A year after,
1: mm. it it was too real. It was very, very real. Very,
0: very surreal.
1: And it's still very real. And those people are still really hurting. And some are looking to lay blame. Um, some are just, um, you know. I think the mental health side yeah, of this sure. will be something that will be around for many, many, many years.
0: So post recovery and so forth, which you're you're uh, you're a part of what services do council offer to ratepayers
1: okay well council largely goes back to its core business roads sure. rates and rubbish which is has what to everybody cont- knows that has to go on. however the recovery committee has four pillars and um, and we're managing that as well. But under that, so when you look at the human side of that, we brought in subcommittees of the services, that it were Centrecare and Anglicare and Lifeline, etc. and also tried to work with the hubs, the individual volunteer groups. And council also set up a volunteer group that um, supported people and helped muck out houses and helped... You know, take their rubbish out to the curb. Sure. But then, because this happened over Christmas, there was an extra layer there.
0: Well, wow, that's a, we're talking about a yep. week before Christmas. Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, council generally closes down on I think it was the 22nd yes, yes. and does it and closes down for the following week and opens up that yes. Monday. Yeah. We went out to the staff and said, who would like to work through? Well, a couple of hundred staff actually put their hand up. I know I went to Holloways Beach and I ran into a group of guys that were on the picking up the hard waste from the side of the road. And they all walked up and hugged me. And they're actually um, crew, the gardening crew from some of the suburbs, and they're out there picking up hard yeah. waste. And well,
0: well, that's a question I was about to ask. Yep. Many, many. Uh, Employees of Kansas Regional Council would would come from the northern beaches as well. You have workers who are in those disaster areas.
1: Absolutely, and the ones that weren't from there were only too happy yes. to yes. put up their hand and give them give their mates a hand. And you know, I'll never forget that.
0: So we still have families displaced. Yes, many, many families displaced. There are most likely homes that will have to be bulldozed,
1: possibly. Yes, that hasn't been assessed, probably the one we were talking about, but there's still some assessments to happen. Sure. Um, there'll is, be conversations Is that around.
0: insurance assessin- assessing?
1: No, um, well, yes, yeah. some, of the, some of those, but there's houses that are insured, there's houses that are uninsured, yes. there's houses that have no insurance, and there's houses that probably shouldn't be rebuilt, mm. and there's houses that should be rebuilt, but built back better, to the new standards.
0: The, this is, what you're saying to us there is it's it's life-changing for people. Absolutely. Who, who may never recover, who may move from the region forever and never come back. There are many examples, there many are, differentials. There
1: are many, many, many examples. Um, but there was something like, in my division, about 700 houses that had inundation. So the rapid assessments were conducted by um, QFES okay. and the bulk of those were considered moderate damage. Moderate means they had up to 50 centimetres of water through the house. I would call that... A major flood, yes, but that's the moderate assessment. Yes, and a number of houses, minimal damage. Well, it's over up half to, a meter. Yep, the minimal damage was up to twenty-five centimeters. Well, twenty-five centimeters, you've lost your carpet and your floor coverings and your yes, white goods, and absolutely, and you're out of your house. So absolutely. there's there's somewhere between seven and eight hundred of those houses.
0: And of course, we have high humidity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and water and, and carpets do not mix, no. so the humidity's very quick to to react. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: it's the smell. There's no fresh water. There's no toiletry. I mean, these people yep. really suffered badly.
1: They absolutely. How,
0: did. how have uh, the, the the state government or the federal government? Sorry, were very quick to announce uh, funding for people mm-hmm. affected. Uh, have you are you aware of how many in your division have taken up that that yeah,
1: offer? No, I. There were some numbers touted about applications, but I don't know how many have have received them. Mm. And there's a few, you know, there's a bit of criteria there. There's people that miss the gaps. I had someone that had no insurance. However, they they didn't qualify for the $50,000 grant because they earned too much money. So, yeah, like they were on about $80,000, which, you know, to some people is a lot of money. To some people it's probably a fairly average income.
0: There's been a point made this week, uh, and and you probably know, and I'll come back to that in a moment, um, uh, member for Leichhardt, Warren Inch, mm-hmm. has been a big campaigner about insurance. Yes. Uh, contents insurance and and house insurance. Uh, that probably 10 years ago we saw a massive increase in premiums. Mm-hmm. I had one lady just recently where I work come in, it was two weeks ago, and she's from the Northern Beaches, had a quote of $26,000 to insure her moderate home. Yeah. She cannot do that. That's unacceptable. It's un-Australian. You must be hearing some horrendous stories.
1: I I do hear some horrendous stories, but I also understand if the risk is so high, um, if an insurer takes it on, it affects everybody. Yeah. So... um, you know, I don't know what the answer to that is, whether we can subsidise these people. Largely the people that live in the, the highest risk flood areas, the cheap houses are cheaper. Yes. And um, they're the ones that can at least afford those types of insurance. And, and
0: they've been there 30, 40, 50 years yep. and have probably had good insurance mm-hmm. up until 10 odd years ago. Yep. And they're probably paying 1500 $2,000 a year of that all of a sudden it's escalated to $10,000, dollars yep. 20000
1: And what's happened is I've had lots of meetings with yep. the chair and the CEO of several of the larger insurers. They're all much better. It used to be um, you were rated the, the what you paid was based on your postcode. Then it was your street. Now it's your house. They know your house. Mm-hmm. They know the risk to your house. And that's what they um, charge.
0: So did many residents have a flood cover built into their... Cairns alone, not the northern beaches, not, not the southern mm-hmm. part, is known not for flooding. Mm-hmm. So I myself don't have flood in sh- cover into my policy because I'm on a hill and so forth. Um, but people on the northern beaches... They're saying they've never seen the water come up like that before. They've never seen water come through their house and their hype.
1: Most of the big companies, you would automatically have flood cover. Right. I'm not sure if we can mention names. But I know, you know, certainly the insurer that I'm with um, has automatic automatic flood cover. And they're generally the most expensive. Yes. But they're also the ones that pay. And I do know that the major companies haven't had a problem, they came straight out and said, we don't care whether it was rising water, falling water, salt water, fresh water, Um, we're going to honour the flood cover. Right. Perfect. If there are some business policies where people have opted out of flood, and I do know a handful of those and I've spoken to them, um, and they should have understood that when they took out their policy because the insurer yeah. has a duty of care to make sure that they absolutely, that they do understand that. But there's an anomaly that comes into that mm-hmm. and that comes to Warren Inch's, um $10 million fund, the reinsurance pool. So for the insurers that sign up to the reinsurance pool, and most of those were only in mid last year, there's a 48-hour clause. Yes. Mm. On, so when the cyclone is not a cyclone anymore, so it's unnamed, 48 hours after that, the, that makes the flooding event a new event. Yes. So those people could have been covered by the cyclone, but they're not covered by the flood. Mm. And then what happens is the insurer asks for hydrology reports mm. to find out whether it was the water was from the cyclone or the flood and, you know, you've got a whole lot of mm. issues mm. with that. Mm. It's um, That's a bit of a nightmare for those people.
0: And um, we're a week out from Christmas and uh, we have a rental property crisis mm-hmm. in Cairns, far north Queensland. Uh, this lands on their front doorstep without notice virtually. Where do they go?
1: Look, the recovery hub, which was the state government hub that's set up at Machen's Beach and Trinity Bay High initially, and now they're at Jabbokai, were fabulous. Yes. So the Department of Housing looked after emergency accommodation and the insurers looked after emergency accommodation. It wasn't as difficult as okay. I would have thought. Well. And we think that a whole lot of Airbnbs came online oh, okay. because the insurers and possibly the state government were prepared to pay a higher premium mm-hmm. for those mm-hmm. houses and they weren't going to get rented, you know, while we're in the middle of a flood mm-hmm. anyway. So we I think we think that's what happened like a you know I don't know how many of those houses there are but It wasn't as big a problem as you think, but now, of course, it's tightening up. Mm. There's people in caravans, there's people that don't want to leave their homes and decided to stay in their homes, but now their insurers are telling them they have to leave their homes, which might be for six to 12 months or more, and it's not going to get any easier.
0: The army eventually arrived because we heard the helicopters come in. Did they come at the right time?
1: I'd have to say no. It was a little bit late and that was largely because we didn't know. We actually Mm -hmm. had the commander of the Navy in the room with us and I can't commend him enough. Mm -hmm. He had his resources ready to go and he was looking to help us all the way through. But there's a process. You've got to go to the federal government um, and get permission to do those things. So we, at one point... At its worst, we did do that, Mm. but of course, by the time we got the response, it had eased a little bit, and we went from mandatory evacuations, or the idea of mandatory evacuations that we were considering, to voluntary evacuations, and the Navy did get involved with SES and the police, and they're evacuating people from the three beaches.
0: Could we have seen Navy ships dropping anchor off Yorkies, Knob, Holloway's Beach, And residents being transferred out to Navy ships?
1: Probably not the great big Navy ships, Mm. but something smaller was definitely being discussed. Sure. Um, But, yeah, the commander was amazing and he was so helpful and so willing to do whatever it took. So Um,
0: this is an opportunity for uh, Cairns Regional Council. Of course, Townsville's just gone mm -hmm. through an episode, Not, not as bad, and that quickly moved away. Does it give you cause to uh, with, with state government, federal government to say, okay, we've had this event, we need to push buttons a lot quicker, people's lives are at risk, funding comes into it. So you obviously you will do a full report at the end of the wet Absolutely. season. Absolutely.
1: And, and there will be a full report at the end of the wet season, but we've started an independent analysis of the whole event now. So, an independent review. Mm. So, we will be looking at all of that.
0: So, an independent review, not from within council. Yes,
1: from within so council.
0: So, you come under scrutiny, obviously. Yep. Uh, look, personally, I think Council Regional Council did a magnificent yep. job. I think our mayor at the helm was brilliant on national television, didn't over-exaggerate, kept yep. it real and so forth. Yep. Everyone concerned. Yep. superb. And it, and it does help people relax as well.
1: It does, yep.
0: But there can be improvement. We've got a lot to learn from this.
1: Oh, absolutely. And that's why their review is a must. So all of the agencies do their own review and then the state does a big review. And that'll be a little bit further at the end of the season, I would suggest. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So
0: could could Cairns Regional Council take a... We're, we're, what are we? 2,000 kilometres from Brisbane. Could we... Could you actually take a lot of the responsibility out of Brisbane, place it in Cairns, which me- would mean uh, more funding,
1: mm-hmm.
0: more staff allocation and, so- and more resources. Uh, you know, I think from it-
1: a disaster centre yeah. point of view, yeah. yes, we need, more, we need better flood mapping. Yes. We need um, more resources, definitely. And we had already applied for those things before the disaster. So, and I, and I should add, when I say the, the Navy could have come in sooner, the biggest problem was it happened so quick. Yes, it did. We didn't know it was a problem until after it was a problem. Do
0: you sit down with uh, Michael Kerr, uh, chairman of uh, Douglas Shire, and, and his councillors, and you, you have a debriefing?
1: I've had lots of conversations with Michael, and they have done it tougher than us. They yes. don't have the resources and the rate base that we have. So w- we, um, we tried to support them as much as we could, Mm. but he's got a big road ahead of him up there. Did Cooktown dodge it? Cooktown didn't have such a problem because they were north of the cyclone. Yes. Generally, north of the cyclone doesn't have the same issues, although that didn't work for us with Kiralee.
0: No, no, (laughs) no. Kansas' history is interesting. Yep. We're known as holiday destination predominantly now over the last 30, 40 years do you think people in far off Brisbane and Canberra really don't have an understanding of, of our lifestyle and, and what we face every wet season?
1: Yeah, look, um, mainly we were dealing with Brisbane because at Kedron is where the emergency services is and they were on all of our sessions and I, I think they do have a pretty good idea. Mm. Um, but you're right, you know, no-one knows it like we do. Yes, and um, it's difficult. Everything we do has to go through there. So we, we want to send out an alert. It has to go down and be approved. And it might be changed because it's too alarmist or not alarmist enough. Um, I think there should be more controls in those areas yes, possibly Yes. for yes, us. Yes. Um, some of the alerts came out as part of the wider um, warning system, the new disaster system, and they're... I think emergency services has admitted that it needs some tweaking because it's for all sorts of disasters. So it's for um, bushfires and floods and cyclones, et cetera. And the first time it was tested was during our disaster. And there's been a lot of criticism about the alerts that went out that they weren't appropriate at the time. And some of those alerts went from Cape Flattery to Innisfail. Mm. So they weren't appropriate for everywhere. Correct. Um, And it would have been you know, good to have more involvement. But that's the new AWS, the Australian Warning System.
0: Right. right.
1: So, and they're templated. That so
0: tweakings needed.
1: Tweakings needed. Underst-
0: education, understanding. Education.
1: And I think the more we see it, the more people will know as well. But I think they even tweaked it a little bit before Townsville, but there was... I got, heard the same kind of commentary out of Townsville. There's still a way to go mm. because it wasn't specifically designed for cyclones.
0: We we haven't been... We've had a few wet seasons now where we haven't had a knock on the door from a, no. a cyclone as such. Uh, we've had two now. Yeah. Uh, and there's possibly a third one building out in the Coral Sea as we speak.
1: Don't even think it.
0: <laughs> or say it. Uh, but But... but the Cairns region, Townsville region, Mackay region, which is the Wet Sundays, we all get affected differently. We do. So a lot of education is required, and so forth. Oh, will the reports be made public to the, uh, made public to the residents of Cairns?
1: I believe so. Yes, that would be my understanding.
0: From where you're sitting now, it's a month and a half, nearly two months ago. Are you proud of the people in, of Cairns and how they handled? that oh, event?
1: I could not be more proud of the people within Cairns Regional Council and um, the people that put their hand up and the volunteers were amazing. Yes. So, Council had around 200 volunteers and there was about 1,000 volunteers out there. Now, Council has staff of 1,300, so we don't have those kinds of resources. Then add to that fact that it was Christmas mm. time. Mm. Um, and school holidays and all of that stuff. So those people, that's what we do. I mean, that's what happens in disasters. The mud armies and the hubs and all of that sort of stuff. They stand up, they, you know, cooked meals, they mucked people's houses out, they cut back foliage, they did all sorts of things and, yes, couldn't be prouder of the whole of Cairns.
0: How are your suburbs right now?
1: Look, if you were to drive through them... They don't look a whole lot different than they did before. But behind seven or 800 of those doors, it's definitely not the same. And sure. the mindset of those people is not the same. And I'm sure even, you know, a little bit of a heavy rainfall would f- trigger the same kind of feelings.
0: Sure. Um, as I mentioned before, the sight of cows going down the Barren River and mm. on the beaches and so forth... Uh, people have been asking where did they actually come from. Now, uh, from what I know, it's it's a property near Caravonica, and it's just an yep. elderly residence there. And
1: it's a freshwater property. Yeah. And I believe they lost nearly a couple of hundred cattle. Yes. So a few yes. hundred went down the river, yeah. and a hundred and something were retrieved. Um, you know, there's horses that are still Horse, missing. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's just heartbreaking.
0: Cats and dogs. And cats
1: and and dogs, It is. That's
0: a part of our life. Yeah. And uh, you've lost a few wheelie bins.
1: 600 wheelie bins have gone. Are
0: they likely to end right. up on Michaelmas Cay or Agincourt Reef maybe?
1: They, um, yeah, we think they're fish habitat.
0: Doesn't hurt us to just bring a little bit of humour on this it subject.
1: Does. Yeah. Look, I, I hate to think that they're floating because then you think about people in tinnies and boats out there. So I hope they have sunk to the bottom and become fish habitat. Yeah. But yes, yeah, 600 willy bins have gone missing and we've replaced them.
0: Uh, the new boat ramp at York is... Ca- uh, no reports. It's uh, pretty good. Pretty good.
1: Yep. Um, the marina there and the boat ramp was closed... Yeah. ...during the cyclone. Yes. I guess the the authorities closed it because it wasn't safe to use, but I've been down there, it looks pretty good.
0: Before we move on to one thing, um, you just had Christmas lunch and dinner with your family?
1: I did. So, yeah, on the long weekend, I managed to have Christmas with my kids and my grandchildren because I didn't buy a Christmas present. I didn't buy the food. I did call in to the um, one that was on at Newman College, the lunch that was on for the residents. I didn't feel my house wasn't flooded. I didn't really feel that I could eat dinner there. But, yeah, so I've just had Christmas and New Year and it was lovely.
0: <laughs> How is Rhonda Coglam?
1: I'm getting there. Look, I think the brain space of everybody is a little bit battered and I'm still taking a little bit of a battering sometimes, but every day gets better.
0: Rhonda, you've got an election next month. Mm-hmm. I suppose campaigning is not...
1: It's, it's really taken a back seat. I had a whole lot of collateral that I've tossed in the bin mm. and I've done a new lot because people don't want to hear about what a good job was done. This we've was not part of your plan. No, this was not part of my no, plan. No. And, we, you know, we had a plan from very early on. We've planned yeah. this from several months ago and it's definitely changed. Because you're
0: shooting for a... Th-
1: second th- tent, second, s-
0: second term?
1: Second Second term. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... Um,
0: you're a hardened counsellor now.
1: I am. I've learnt a lot about disaster in the last four years, but particularly over the last six weeks.
0: Yes, yes. I guess in the next six to 12 months, regardless of the outcome of uh, the, the elections in March, you'll be about. You'll I will. You'll still be yep. doing things. You'll be part of the community and so yep. forth. Uh, it's been... An absolute pleasure having you with us this afternoon on Insights Cairns. Thank you. We hope to see you again. The best of luck in March. Maybe we're talking to re-elected, unopposed Councillor Rhonda Coughlin in maybe April.
1: Thank you. Thank you, That would be nice, and I'd love to update you on where the recovery is at.
0: And thank you for joining us on Insights Cairns. I hope we've learned... Well, we have learned something. It's been a wonderful insight. Pardon the pun. No pun intended. And... uh, We'll catch you on the next episode of Insights Cans. One on one conversations, roundtable discussions, news and views. You're listening to the Insights Cans
1: podcast.